0: Just because our Bears aren't in Sunday's Super Bowl doesn't mean we can't still talk a little football. I mean, there's a lot to discuss. We've got our own issues in Chicago, like the stadium the future of our quarterback so here to give us the score on all that and more is greg hines political writer and columnist for crane chicago business welcome back to reset greg hey sasha wbec sports contributor cheryl ray stout is here too hey cheryl happy friday sasha happy friday cheryl and on the line with us is mark potash who covers the chicago bears for the sun times welcome to reset mark
1: thanks very much sasha
0: so greg i i don't think We've ever had uh, you on a sports roundtable <laughs> before, particularly. <laughs> Life goes on. Yeah, but for, for anyone wondering, you know, why is a political columnist talking about sports? Well, this is the headline from your most recent column. It says, the Bears' real focus is the lakefront, not Arlington
2: Heights. I want you to break that down for us. So what would you find? Well, we love, uh, we love stadium bingo in this town <clears throat> and it doesn't get any better than the uh, than the mad dash going on now with the uh, with both the Sox and the white Sox apparently looking for new homes heaven knows where the fire is going to end up <clears throat> the particular uh, uh bear story is that uh, after a whole year when everybody talked about arlington heights and they're going to go there and they're going to they work out the tax thing it has become apparent that there's been kind of a sea level change over there <clears throat> um i first started picking this up in uh, In in talking to people who talk to people at the Bears, and I I checked it out with any number of high-ranking city officials, people Mm -hmm. close to the team or whatever, and they're all saying the same thing, that the Bears' new president, who replaced Ted Phillips, uh, 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 Kevin uh, Warren, is very serious, not about Arlington Heights, but about trying to work out something with the city, specifically, uh, believe it or not, on the uh, old South parking lot of Chicago fame that, uh, that uh, had the ball bounced another way would have been home of the Lucas museum, which, which now is in LA.
0: So I, I want to get your reaction, Mark, and then Cheryl, I'm going to come to you, Mark.
1: Well, I, I still think this is uh, mostly a leverage play by Kevin Warren. I'm sure it would be great if he could find, get a deal um, in Chicago um, on that lot in the on, uh, uh, South, the soldier field, but I, I kind of feel like if you've seen the plans for what they, you know, what they plan to do in Arlington Heights, there's no way they can repeat that in Chicago. And Kevin Warren has acknowledged that. And I really feel like that's their focus. So I don't think it's an out and out bluff. I think if Arlington Heights, uh, uh, the municipalities, the school districts, whoever's causing the problems, I think if, if they don't, if they continue to play hardball, I think Kevin Warren will will find something else. But I still think the Bears soul. That their their main uh, their priority, in my opinion, um, and I'm just reading tea leaves, is is Arlington Heights, and I think they really hope to still get a deal, and 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 playing hardball in itself. A lot of these comments, which have seen is have been seen as a change of tone in Kevin Warren, in my opinion, that's all part of the game too. That's mm-hmm. that's leverage in itself, and so I feel I feel like they're still headed to Arlington Heights, but I will say that. Uh, it's not an out and out bluff, and, and and the Bears will move, especially when the option is Chicago, mm-hmm. because that's what most fans want anyway.
0: Cheryl, do you buy Greg's argument there that the, the Bears' new president Kevin Warren has a greater love for the city than than Ted Phillips did? He does express that. He did express it in the last press conference they had after the season
3: ended, when he you know he spoke lovingly about Chicago, how much he loves living in Chicago, how much you know the lakefront means. However, like what Mark brings up when the mccaskey spent 197 million dollars for arlington park racetrack and they've raised it i live six minutes from there so i actually i know the whole sphere what's going on with Mm -hmm. that plus with the school districts it's hard to think that they would just you know say okay that's okay we're going to try to build something at the lakefront which is going to have some issues because as greg mentioned the lucas museum couldn't get done there and they have he had bazillions of dollars so how are the Bears going to justify being able to move there and the cost for that? And and as Mark brought up, the, the area is 326 acres in Arlington Heights. That's a lot of, lot of a lot of area space. to develop and and to you know have more businesses around there
0: right. besides the Bears stadium. Jerry Reinstor is also eyeing the South Loop for a, a baseball stadium, <laughs> Cheryl. What's the latest on that? Well, we got the renderings just two days ago on,
3: on what they uh, are proposing, and uh, it's it's interesting because it's at, it's it's right by the river at Roosevelt and Clark. It, there's a proposal of having five thousand residential units, one thousand being affordable. And what was interesting today, Frances Billman had a good uh, story today about she talked to the Illinois House Speaker. Chris Welch and his feelings about it. And, and, of course, the big, big story is where's the money going to come from? Yeah. Who's going to pay for this? How is this going to be done? And will it cost taxpayers more money?
0: Well, I'm looking at Greg for the answers there because, both yeah, both the Bears and the Sox want a whole lot of government financing for these, these projects. Do, do we have enough money for both?
2: Uh, that's a that's a really good question. Uh, in in the Illinois tradition, they'll probably find the money, whether we have it or not. Uh, so it becomes uh, superfluous. But the uh, money is definitely on the table. Ironically, I think money is one of the reasons why the Bears are now less serious about Arlington Heights. Uh, we all don't know what's happened to the price of groceries, uh, clothes, everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? The price of doing what they want to do Arlington Heights has gone through the roof. Financing was always going to be difficult for, to do that kind of development because you have a family owned team, doesn't have deep pockets. They don't want to divest. They don't want to dilute ownership. They don't want to borrow a lot of money. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I think they're now looking at the city of Chicago. But, but to answer your specific question, um, Sources close to both of the teams say that they are looking at the Illinois Sports Facilities Authority, which is this little-known agency that helped build, uh, did build, uh, a Guaranteed Rate Field, mm-hmm. and it uh, renovated Soldier Field. Uh, what they, does that tell you? Um, well, they have a they have a uh, revenue from a two percent tax on hotels in Chicago, and they use that to build to build to issue bonds. Now, some of those bonds, the ones for Guaranteed Rate, are about paid off. Uh, others is a unique little provision that was quietly tucked into state law a couple of years ago, allows them to refinance without blowing through their bond cap, gives them potentially hundreds of million dollars of, uh, of extra uh, financing. Both of these teams are very aware of that uh, and uh, are, are kicking tires on that. But I have a real question about whether there's enough revenue there from that hotel tax mm-hmm. and uh, and bonds to take care of both. I don't think so, but this is Illinois. Strange mm-hmm. things happen. The clock stop in the middle of the night. That's, you never know.
3: <laughs> I was there in 1988 when that happened.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, Mark, you've been closely following what's happening with Luke Getze, who's the offensive coordinator that the Bears fired days after the season ended. If we all remember that. What is the latest, though?
1: Well, um, he's been uh, – the the Bears the Bears have a have a new uh, offensive coordinator and and Shane Waldron who was the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks which I think is actually a plus for the Bears to get somebody who's done this before it was unusual that uh, that Shane Waldron was available so they're getting a guy who's had three years experience play calling and comes very highly recommended and uh, you know has his own faults but I think as Bears hires go this is actually a pretty good one when you consider what they've done you know notable Luke Getzey who course has been kind of the whipping boy for the bears offense uh uh, the last two years especially this year was hired as the offensive coordinator uh, of the of the Raiders so um that was a you know that was a little bit of a surprise I think to a lot of people who uh who didn't realize that uh, the rest of the league has a lot more respect for Luke Getzey because he also interviewed with two other teams so the the league has a lot more respect for Luke Getzey than a lot of Bears fans do.
0: So how might all this impact the quarterback Justin Fields and his future.
1: Well, that's that's the interesting part about it because I think in hiring Shane Waldron, that kind of leaves the, that gives the Bears some leeway. It's not, he's not really t- he's kind of tethered to, to both uh, Justin Fields and Caleb Williams, who's the presumptive number one overall pick, and their and their other option because the Bears have the number one overall pick. In the 2024 draft so this leaves their options open he can work with either one his offense can work with either one and it just gives uh, uh um it, it gives ryan poles uh, op- the same option that he had it doesn't box him in in any way by getting an experienced play caller like waldron who 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 has uh, kind of ties to to both quarterbacks or you know their, their system so I, I think i think overall the bears probably did as well as they could Uh, If they weren't going to make a wholesale change and fire Matt Eberflus and start over and try and go after Jim Harbaugh, which a lot of fans wanted, but it just wasn't going to happen. If they weren't going to do that, I think they did as well as they could with with Shane Waldron and and also giving them options, the same options at quarterback that they they had uh, when they fired Luke Getze.
0: I want to steer the conversation over to Vegas, Cheryl, where Mm -hmm. all eyes will be on Sunday There was already some excitement last night. Three legendary Bears made it to the NFL Hall of Fame. Tell us about them. Yeah, it was, everyone knew this was going to
3: happen, but you actually had to have the pomp and circumstance what they had last night. And announced last night was Steve McMichael, uh, Devin Hester, and Julius Pepper. Now, Julius Pepper played only, uh, you know, a few years with the Bears in the 17-year career. So the emphasis is going to be on Steve McMichael, who's battling ALS. Who was part of the 1985 Super Bowl team he was one of the most ferocious defensive tackles you'd ever see he he actually has is like fourth on the list for sacks at that position in the NFL Um, he was a tough gritty guy from Texas who you know no holds barred when it came to what he did and what he said his wife Misty she uh, was the one that accepted the honor she was the one that was on the stage last night when it was presented Um, There was some of his – they actually have video of him at home in his bed because he's bedridden Mm -hmm. from the ALS Mm. with some of his former uh, teammates there. That was a very emotional moment. But Devin Hester – and I actually – I was at the Super Bowl in 1985, the 86 – so I actually – I covered Dusty McMichael. I covered Devin Hester. And he is the first special team returner to make the Hall of Fame. He played 11 years in the league, eight with the Bears, and he was electrifying. He has the record of 20 returns, wow. punts, and kickoffs. And the interesting thing that never happened before, he did it. When the Bears were the Super Bowl, February fourth, two 2007, the first play of the game was a kickoff return for 92 yards by Devin Hester for a touchdown. Has never happened before before, and probably would never happen so again. So, this
0: Hall of Fame is well deserved. well deserved. Well deserved. This is Nevada's first time hosting the Super Bowl, Greg. And, and, and as sports fan, or fans are, are, are sort of descending upon the Sin City, as it's known, I'm curious, though, if you think this is another sign that ga-
2: gambling's becoming more accepted. <coughs> uh, duh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, you have to go out of your way to avoid gambling. Now, uh, I mean, there's lotteries, electronic lotteries. It's uh, everywhere. Uh, video poker in the suburbs, not in the city. Commercials. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, the
0: second you land in Vegas, if you, you fly there, it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I mean, at the
2: airport. I mean, yeah, that's one of my memories of Vegas. You go to McCarran Airport, and there's, you know, <clears throat> right next to the right next to to, uh, to the check-in counter, a line a line of slot machines. Yes, uh, which uh, which always win, by the way. You <laughs> save your money, folks. Um, it's. Like it or not, uh, in an era in which politicians are reluctant to raise taxes to pay for things that we want to spend money on, like pensions for public (laughs) employees, they have to raise the money somewhere, so they do it through sin taxes. So that means more gambling. Like (laughs) it or not, some people are going to get hurt in the process. A certain percentage of the population can't deal with gambling, but it's the way we are.
0: Mark, are you expecting that we're going to see a lot of ads for sports betting
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can't watch a football game. You can't watch any sporting event these days without seeing it. Football's been a, funny. How f- you know, the, the NFL uh, always kind of resisted fo- uh, the gambling aspect of it for obvious reasons, and now they've totally embraced it. And, and uh, so there's no doubt that uh, that's that's a huge uh, aspect of it. But I'll tell you, the Super Bowl, it, it, it's really not that big of a deal, to tell you the truth, because that was the most gambled-on sporting event whether gambling was legal or not or whatever no matter what it was so socially acceptable the first thing anybody who does not even know the game they've ever done I'm talking about 30 40 years ago was gamble whether it's squares or any kind of pools or anything anything like that mm-hmm. so gambling and gambling and and, and football you know, football in itself is an addiction and any addiction like television gambling they always they they fuel that. That addiction itself and gambling is number one. It's what you know. It's why there's Monday Night Football. It's it's yeah. just it's just a part of the sport. And I guess the only difference now is that the NFL now instead of resisting it now embraces it.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong about that. And, and for any football fans listening to us right now, wondering, maybe I can still score a ticket. Well, the median price as of yesterday, it's almost eight thousand six hundred dollars. Any surprises at that it's number? It's on Swiss fault. <laughs>
1: jump that, change that's Taylor's price <laughs> well it's also the tell you, it's also a great matchup it's it's in yes. it's in Las Vegas that's yeah. one thing it's a, you know the biggest gambling city uh, in the world but what are you and, getting
0: for 8600 dollars though like wh- where are you sitting if i'm not right in the center of the field i don't want it
1: <laughs> i think uh, people who have 8600 to spend on anything just want to be there i don't think they even care where they are it's an event to them and they want to be a part of it and also you I, I should mention this is a great matchup this is a great matchup of the, of the 49ers the yeah. team that I think most people agree certainly at full strength maybe overall the best team in the NFL this year against the 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 the, the, the one firewall they could really face is is the reigning uh, gold standard of the NFL and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs who have now been to you know four Super Bowls in the last 5 years yeah. and and are just a team that even after a bad year this year for them a bad year their worst year since Mahomes took over has really stepped it up and and been that that dominant team uh, in in the playoffs, yeah. and so it's so a it's a really it's a really uh, just enticing matchup. And I think you know that that always that always makes it uh, kind of a must see event and, and an event that people want to be at. But yeah, just in That's general, true. the Super Bowl is always going to draw that.
0: Still too much though, eighty six hundred dollars.
3: Speaking <laughs> of ticket prices, Cheryl, yes. the
0: Bears just had their own announcement about that.
3: Yeah, they send out letters to their season ticket holders that they are raising the prices of their tickets anywhere from six percent to eight percent. Uh, for a team that went from three wins to seven wins, I guess they feel it's okay to do that, but I don't think season ticket holders are very happy right now. I think can, Greg we, can, has some, can we
2: somehow rig the system here where the price goes up or down depending on the win-loss <laughs> record? That's what it
3: should be. I mean, you know, you would like to see that, but yeah, I mean... You know, on on the eve of of new stadium, they're going to be looking for more revenue. And this is one way they can do it. But, you know, fans aren't happy. I mean, they, they want to see more success. They want to see more playoff situations. Mm-hmm. They want to see a quarterback that's going to lead them to a Super Bowl. And right now, we don't have that here in Chicago.
0: You think there's any limit, Greg, to, to how much football fans are willing to pay for Bears tickets?
2: Oh, there's a limit, but uh, we're constantly going to be pushing it. Uh, uh, my colleagues are right. Football is an addiction. <clears throat> People love to see it, even though even though they lose. I mean, I've I have I've had to buy 14 new TVs because I keep throwing a coffee cup at it <laughs> when I see the Bears blow another lead in the in the fourth quarter. Oh my gosh! But, uh, well, but, prayers uh, up for your TVs this weekend. But, uh, there's a limit, but I don't know what it is. <laughs>
0: uh, but we just heard a little bit of of, of what Mark is going to be looking. Uh, looking out for this Sunday. What about you, Cheryl? What are you keeping eyes on? I'm I'm really fascinated to watch what
3: Brock Purdy can do as a quarterback for San Francisco 49ers. This was a guy that was just drafted two years ago. He was the backup to the backup to the backup, you know, <laughs> and now it's in his his hands. He's got some great weapons to deal with. You know, Kristen McCaffrey is outstanding in, in every way. He's got uh, George Kittle. He, you know, he's got Debo Samuel. So he's got a lot of weapons. Uh, their defense, if it if it holds together, can be really, really good. But going against Patrick Mahomes, he's the magic man. He can make anything. Happen. And the he interesting is. thing, they haven't relied on his passing as much as they've been running the ball. And so it's going to be interesting. That, that matchup, see, I'm, I just love watching great quarterbacks. Yeah. I, that to me, that's it. Yeah, great defense is, is great. But to me, the magic is
0: how they score. This game's going to be exciting. You're watching, right, Greg? No oh. coffee in
2: hand. Um, I'll, I'll have coffee before.
0: <laughs> well, one important question left to tackle before I, I let you three go. What is your one must have game day food? You first, Mark.
1: Well, I've really thought about that. I don't really have, uh, I don't really have a game day food, I guess. Uh, um, candy. <laughs> what kind of candy? I like nostalgia candy. Ooh. Um, um. Yeah, people probably don't even know some of the stuff I have. Like, the stuff uh, you used to get uh, as a candy? Candy. The thing, penny candy. From I'm a, I'm yeah. a 60s child of yep. the south, south side of Chicago nice. going to a penny, uh, drugstore, the pill hill, hill drugstore and uh and getting penny penny candy and that's always stuck with me so any big event i always make sure i have a nice stash of uh what we called flying saucers which are little wafers with non-parels in them people remember that and, nice. and nickel nips, nickel nips and, the, and the candy necklaces and the wax oh lips gosh and, uh, okay i'm i'm hungry <laughs> i'm getting hungry. You know, all that. so yeah I'm a, I'm a sugar fiend so if i, if I had to go to uh snack it would not be the traditional snacks it'd just be uh Candy. The sweet stuff. What about you, Cheryl? Chips and dip.
0: Chips and That's dip. Nice, nice and easy. What about
2: you, Greg? Uh, if I'm in a piggy mood, pizza. <clears throat> but if I don't want to ruin dinner, I agree. Chips and salsa.
0: <laughs> and we're going to talk more about uh, Super Bowl snacks later in the program. We've been talking with Greg Hines, political writer and columnist for Crane Chicago Business, WBZ sports contributor Cheryl Ray Stout, and Mark Podash, Bears writer for the Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you.